The Con Guy Show, the official program of theconguy.com, is heard on the We Be Geeks Collective and on Sci-Fi.Radio. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It was the dawn of another podcast. The Epsilon 3 is a dream given form. It's a home away from home for three guys to watch a 90s sci-fi classic TV show. Three guys with microphones over 3,249 miles apart, all alone in the night. The year is 2021. The name of the station is Babylon 5. The name of the podcast is the Epsilon 3. Veer, bring me a drink. We're the Con Guys, and this is the Con Guy Show, coming to you straight from the nerdy heart of Hollywood, California. And this is Jim with theconguy.com. She's been here with theconguy.com. Katie here, aka the Con Girl. Zordon did not want five teenagers with attitude. My name is Derek Sam. I'm Danae Sams, and that's my brother. We are your home for news, opinions, and interviews from the world of Comic-Cons and fandoms, your ultimate insiders for all things... Happy Holidays! Merry Christmas, everybody! I have not not seen the new intro, that intro, Mm. Dad, and bravo. (laughs) I just wanted, wanted to have a comic book panel with my name on it. That's all I want. For Christmas, that's all I want. <laughs> oh, well, anyways, welcome everybody to the Con Guy Show. This is our holiday edition. We may or may not have another show in this year. You know, it just depends on what we're going to be doing. But tonight we have a very special guest. It is Mr. David Boer. He's our favorite lawyer turned comic book writer. He is known for the breakout success of Canto. I'm sure everybody has seen Canto. It 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 is it has lines around the the Comic Con whenever you guys are there. Also, Killer Queens, which he'll tell us about tonight, and most recently from Boom Comics, Firefly, which I can't wait to hear a little bit more about. But also, David is is he haunts the Comic Cons with us? At least he haunts the bars with us, and that's how we know him. <laughs> Although this time in San Diego, it was like we were like ships passing in the night. We saw you on the side of the road, and that was it. You just avoid my my mission to avoid you you two at all costs (laughs) was a complete success. So that was the one thing I took from saying no. It was I was down there for a day, um, just the Saturday. So it was just hit the floor, do a couple meetings, and and. You know, see what it was all about, and then take off. So and you took the really, train, right? Oh my God, I took the train. And if there was a highlight of the con, it's honestly taking the train down from LA, from um, Union Station, down to San Diego, and just you know, I'm working and reading, and I just happen to glance over, and there's freaking dolphins just jumping out of the water. Like, hey, look at I mean, I just thought this is that, that my con has peaked and I'm still an hour and a half away. That's it's not a bad it's not a bad way to get to the con. Um my roommate and I did take the train one year and it's like, oh, we don't have to drive. This is kind of nice. 
It took me a second to realize you weren't talking about cosplay and you meant actual dolphins. <laughs> like when I'm on the train going to Comic-Con, I look around and there's, you know, like this weird, like demon looking guy and there's superheroes over here. And, you know, a couple of Three people dressed like dolphins jumping out of the water alongside the train. <laughs> But no, anyways, honestly, the train, the train going down was not, it, it wasn't busy. I can imagine it's chaos during, during one of the normal July Comic-Cons, oh, yeah. San Diego Comic-Cons. But this time walked right on, got a seat, um, you know, took it back. It was all smooth sailing. Well, we're going to talk about that tonight. We are going to talk about um, Comic-Con special edition, otherwise known as the San Diego Comic-Con Thanksgiving edition of Comic-Con. Also, we're going to talk about LA Comic-Con. And just kind of give a get an idea of where we are going into the future. Um, what will next year look like as far as fan conventions? We have another big one coming up this weekend, I think. Katie, have you heard? Is the midsummer their what? Oh, their their haunting seasons screamings or something. Yeah, season screamings. It was supposed I have to, to happen. look it up because I know they were supposed to be having an event. Yeah, um, this I weekend just, was uh, Anime Pasadena. Right. Um, and then last weekend at the same time as LA Comic-Con was also Emerald City Comic-Con. So yep. that's kind of like a weird time to have conventions. Like yeah. right it around Christmas least. when we all are trying to buy Christmas presents, it's like, hey. But we decided to shove them all in one month. I think, we're, and we're going to talk about that going going forward. And then afterwards, we're going to talk what our nerdy wish list for Christmas and what we might be a geeking out about in the coming year. So let's go ahead and get started. But there's a little bit of something I do want to um, talk about. I, I, I want to walk around this gingerly. But there's a big movie coming out this week, isn't there? <laughs> and yes, yes, there is. And I have to make a PSA for anybody who is watching this. I, that's what I was gonna, I wanted not, you to do. <laughs> do not, and I mean do not spoil this movie for anybody. People are seeing it tonight because it is the premiere, and we do not need an Eternals-type situation happening for a movie that is this big. So if you live on the East Coast, if you live in another country, if you live somewhere, even in L.A., and you are seeing it at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, not all of us are. So don't talk when you're in the theaters after you get, after you get out of the theater, because that's a big one. Don't go <laughs> into people's theaters and ruin the movie, because that's also happened at Endgame. Just please what? be nice and polite about it. Awful. And then I... when you're done watching Spider-Man, go watch Witcher Season 2. Okay, anyway. <laughs> right. I, I will discount right. my, my nerd cred, but I will give you hope for humanity. I did not see Endgame in the theater for a month. And I never... Yes. No, no. It was Infinity, Infinity War, the first one. Yeah. I never... I did, it took me a month to get get into the theater to see it, and I never got a single thing spoiled for me. A yes. month. Wow. Wow. Nice. Well, I have silenced. I was Literally, in a coma. I found for a out month, that but... you can mute words on Twitter. So oh, I go. have like 15 names, words, phrases, reiterations of anything related to Spider Man muted for the next seven days. I'm like, no one touch it. I saw your Twitter, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could do that with TikTok, because TikTok is the worst. But, well, whatever. Let me, All right. I am just looking real quick to make sure. Did I send the link to Ben? Um, I know that that's the that's the worst. We had a ever. party and Ben wasn't invited. No, I'm pretty. Yeah, he was. He was. My bad. 
No, Ben must be um, having something to do. But like, uh, I was hoping Ben was going to be here because he and Katie were there at LA Comic Con and a lot was going on. So let's start first with the very first Comic Con. Um, we're going to talk about San Diego Comic Con special edition tonight. Jonathan Wilkinson, my friend, it is good to see you tonight. Wait, or there he is, Jonathan, one of our one of our most loyal viewers and also a friend he came up for our halloween party he's a good guy good guy all right first of all i want to talk to david though i want to talk to david david you have uh made some big life changes lately that's because you've been having quite a bit of success could you tell us how a little bitty tin man kind of has won over the world and yeah wait, wait. We're, gonna, we're gonna make you full screen let's see oh wait what's this yeah. It's just a little little artwork that I put over my shoulder to, um, you know, win friends and impress people. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yes. I'm really impressed. So I was a lawyer for 17 years. And as of September 30th, I left the practice of law. I like to tell people I always will be a lawyer, but I um, left practice to write full time. Yes. So awesome. Kind of. It's you did yeah, it. It's, it's been exciting. Um, I don't know. Since that time, you might know me from Canto. I've, I've got all these visual aids. So no, we never see them because you got three with me. books now. Boom, Canto. Um, Full screen. I don't have it handy, but um, uh, so Canto was the first thing that came out in 2019, and it's been it's been going. I think we're working on the 21st issue of Canto right now. Wow. It's coming out in February. Then uh, Dark Horse, I published a book called Killer Queens that I <laughs> brought together an all LGBTQ creative team to make what I affectionately refer to as Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> um, we got some exciting news coming down the pike on that one a little bit early to talk details. And then uh, it was just announced that oh, I have another book that I also have um, a visual aid for which is rain. So if you see over my shoulder right here, this, what the hell? Um, what this side? Hard. It's confusing. I know, it's very confusing. Um, uh, this is my bookshelf where I have my Joe Hill collection because I'm a huge yes. Joe Hill fan. Uh, and so it came to pass that I was able to talk to Joe about adapting a uh, novella that I have one more visual aid for you. That's in I his like 20, says 27. You can tell I do podcasts when I sit at this desk because I'm like, poof. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he published a collection of novellas in 2017 called strange weather. And one of the stories in there is rain and a story I absolutely loved. It's about these, um, these, these two uh, young 20 something women who are starting their lives together and they're in love. And the one moves up to the other one's uh, apartment to start their lives together in Boulder, Colorado. And while she's moving, the skies open up, but instead of raining uh, water, they rain down these crystal needles that are about the size of your thumb. Oh, 3,000 3, people across Boulder, um, or 8,000 people die in about eight minutes. So it's like 15 people a second. And it's their sort of the, uh, uh, the strange apocalypse is spreading and it's about their, you know, love and loss and, and how you hold on to things when 
it seems like everything is sort of slipping away from you. So the story is beautiful and wonderful. And it's like a bucket list thing. And I'm going to geek out a little bit because nice. I thought it would make it a freaking brilliant comic, comic book. And so, spoiler alert. Nice. <laughs> an adaptation of Joe Hill's Reign as, as a comic book with the incomparable Zoe Thurgood from The Impending Blindness of Billy Scott. And she did some haha and she's done um, our, uh, some covers for some different things. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, it's with Chris Ryle, who used to be with IDW and um, Skybound. Uh -huh. He's starting his own imprint at Image. And so it's my first Image book as an adaptation of one of my favorite authors' work in a story that I just absolutely love. So I'm geeking out on that. Okay, before we move to the next one, I just got to ask you, wait a second. How does it feel? I mean, because the, the, you, you have another one I want to talk about as well, but how does it feel where you're at? You're, you have a book that you absolutely love and you get to work with an, uh, with an illustrator, an artist that you love to do something that you, what does it feel like going from where you were two years ago to where you are right now? I, I, I mean, it's incredible, right? Um, it's these things that we just sit around and we think about as writers and we dream about and we wonder, is this even possible? And the only thing I can say is just take your shot. Always, always, always take your shot. Because with Rain, for example, I read the story and I was with IDW for Canto. So I um, reached out to my editor knowing that Joe works with IDW at Lock and Key, which is my favorite comic of all time. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and, you know, I just... I, I reached out to my editor and I said, I love this story. Is there any possibility that Joe would be open to doing any sort of adaptation for a comic book? And it was, you know, n nothing really happened. And I just sort of waited and sat back. And then suddenly things, somebody remembered that. And they reached back out to me and said, would, are you still interested in doing this? And I said, well, uh, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's, and it sort of picked up from there and, and, so that's that's the best thing I can say. It's it's surreal to be able to do these things, but also it's taking that step, making that leap, being the kind of person that other people want to work with. So when you have when yeah. you make that ask, when you make that ask, people are like, Yeah, let's let's try to make let's see how we can make this happen. Not who's this guy I met two days ago who's now asking me for something. That drives me crazy. That's awesome. Derek, I think you should Ask your sister to adapt her book into a comic book. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, David, but before we move on, you do have another big, I mean, this is a huge book that you're working on now. Let's hear about it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Wow. Let's go full Thanks. screen. Right above your head. Dun, dun, dun. Right above my head. There it is. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so I'll pull it down. So, um, Another IDW connection, My uh, an editor I knew from IDW moved over to Boom. And I, as soon as she moved over there, I reached out to her because I don't tell Star Wars, but Firefly is my favorite sci-fi franchise. It's great. <laughs> I just love it so, so, so much. And so again, it's a bucket list item for me was to do anything in, this, in, the, in the verse. So... Uh, I reached out to the editor who had moved from IDW to Boom, and I said, you know, let's let's get on a call, let's talk. What do you, I don't know what you're working on, but I'd love to 
see if there's any chance for us to work together. And again, you just have to be the kind of person that other people want to work with and see succeed. So she said, sure, let's do it. And so we started talking. Uh, things came to pass and I was able to do this one shot, Firefly River Run, which is telling the story about how, I, I hope you're all familiar with Firefly because this gets in yeah. the weeds a little bit, but when the show opens, Simon, Tam is on, is, you know, board Serenity on Persephone and sort of joins them as a, as a passenger. And he's kind of, you know, they, they, they're not sure about him. He's kind of seems like he's hiding something. And they eventually open the crate he brought on board and his sister River is inside. And he tells the story about how he had to get River off of Osiris out of this place called the Academy because um, she was sending secret messages to him saying, you know, they're hurting us. Get me out. Um, and so Firefly River Run is a one-shot oversized comic book issue that tells the story about how Simon orchestrated getting River off out of the Academy, off of Osiris, and onto Persephone nice. and onto Serenity to start the cool. show. So uh, I had I had the great fortune to be able to do that. And as you know, sometimes it's just serendipity, right? So their current writer turns out he was stepping away from the Firefly ongoing. And we had a great experience, me and Boom, with, with this one shot. So they asked me to do uh, Firefly going forward. So they're relaunching the ongoing series and the current continuity, which is, you know, after the movie, with mm. all new Firefly number one coming in February. Wow. Nice. Fantastic. Yeah. That's, a, that's so, so amazing, man. That is so amazing. We are so happy for you. I thank you so much. And, I, you know, I'm just so... You can tell, look on my face, I'm just so excited, so happy to be able to just play in the verse and just write dialogue for these characters I've loved for so many years. It's just, it's wild. It's wild. That is cool. That, but it, it is a, it's got to be a little bit of a, an a little intimidating to follow in the foot of Joss Whedon to write dialogue for such, but I mean, those characters are beloved. I mean, have you your issue the one shot? I think this is I think this is one of the coolest things though. I'm just gonna nerd out a little bit. Wait, 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 wait. Let, me let me zoom in on it. Let me zoom in on it. Ooh. It's like right there. Created by Joss Whedon. Yeah. Oh. And, then, and then there I am, right underneath yep. there. That's wow. awesome. That's pretty awesome. That's awesome. Dude, that's so cool. And then this is this is the other cool thing. I'm oh, just gonna go keep nerding out. Here we go. Where am I? Joe. Me. I love it. Wow. <laughs> anyway, that like, is awesome. That is so cool. Anyway, so um, it's, I don't really even think about it, honestly, because I know I'd be intimidated and I'd start getting cold feet and I'd worry about every every little thing. Uh, luckily, I've come up with a, I think we've come up with a really cool storyline that's really honors the fun and the funny lines and the great dialogue but also brings so much heart to these characters. And by the end of the arc, this this arc, which is gonna be 11 issues, it's 10 plus like an oversized double issue for the finale. I, I, I just feel like it's, I wanted it to be a renewal for fans, sort of, a, even though we're forward in the continuity, sort of a return to the comfort of the show. And so I think that's really where we're, um, that's where I hope we're going. I, I feel it. 
in my gut. I do so. want to throw it over to the other panelists if they have questions. But I last question though before I do. So ten issues, hmm, with a, a double size final issue. So it's like eleven. That sounds yeah. like a limited series on Netflix or something, doesn't it? It doesn't. I'm do just that. saying. <laughs> Man, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> let's get David in trouble. Let make him say something he's not supposed to say. Well, All right. it's, it's Fox, so let's let's go with Hulu. Oh, true, Hulu. true, true. All right. Hey, what questions do you guys? Disney Plus, right? Uh, it's yeah. a little bit more adult than that. Mm. Yeah, but Disney Plus is, is surprising a little bit on it. Some of their content, so. I mean, it could go a lot of places. Let's say that. <laughs> well, it wasn't really a question, but what I was just going to say is I think, you know, when you're talking about like the, oh, there's this, this risk involved because fans are, we'll, we'll say fans are passionate is the word we will use. Um, yeah. But I feel like all fans of a major franchise are always really encouraged and happy when they hear that an actual fan is behind something that they love because yeah, it, yeah. a fan is going to care and put more care into it than some yep. random person who maybe doesn't have that that those feelings toward the original source material so i feel like even if they're like quote unquote being passionate or whatnot it's kind of like i know i love those stories you know with david tennant's journey on doctor who i mean who doesn't like a good story where someone gets to work on something that they wanted to work on since they mm -hmm. saw it so it's, it's awesome that's cool yeah and i think there's there's some intangibles that go along with that like um just little details that i find myself sort of recalling and coming back to on the page uh that i just if you're not steeped in of course you can write any franchise you know you can do that you can research and you can get there but you find out these little kernels that just bubble to the surface and you're like, oh yeah, I remember that from this episode. Let me go back to that. I mean, I get to, I, I mean, I can't, I can't spoil it. I got to go back to like the um, Higgins, the uh, Ballad of Jane Cobb episode mm. uh, and, and do some, you know, pull from there a little bit. And there's some really iconic lines in this show that I am writing in the comic that it just is mind blowing that I get to even do that. There's that one page in particular. It's just, uh, anyway. don't ruin it, don't ruin it. <laughs> oh, it's so great to hear like your excitement. Yeah, I know. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's rubbing off and you can tell you're just, you're, you just want to talk about something that you're excited about because you're also a fan of it, you know? And the fact that you're also a fan of the stuff that you're making for it is a good sign. Cause if you didn't like what yeah. you have made, we'd all be worried. And I don't know if I would do it, honestly, that the reason Rain exists is because I was so passionate about the story. The reason I'm jumped into Firefly and telling the story because I'm so passionate about the series. Canto, you know, we were going to make Canto whether or not um, we were going to get a publisher because we just loved this, love it so much. Killer Queens, I wanted to do it because I wanted representation and I love the character so much. So it's just, I'm doing things that I love and, you know, it's going to be an interesting day when the first thing that comes through my door is something that I don't love and I'm going to look at it and I'm going to decide, do, do I do it? Even if I'm not bringing the passion that I have now with the things I'm doing. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I do have a question. Um, so like being able to do this property is amazing. Like, have you talked much with any of like the cast or any of the production just to get any extra insight or like, Hey, what if this character would have done this? Or are you just going, basically 
completely off like the series and the material that's already out there. So I, I did all the research from the, you know, rewatched the series for the, I don't know how many times, um, you know, made sure I was up to date on all of everything that happened in the comics and the continuity. Uh, but beyond that, we have been given kind of freedom to do whatever the show has been off the air since what, 2003. Yeah. Something mm. like that. So we've been, and there's been a lot of story that's happened since then in novels. You can see above my head right here, there's got the novels up there. Um, the comic books, it's up to going to be 36 issues of the main series that are going forward. Plus, you know, individual one shots and things. So taking that and building on it, but kind of given being given the freedom to be authentic to the characters, but take them whatever direction I want to take them. Cool, so, cool. That that you're enjoying writing. It's so it's such a that's such a great question because it's such an ensemble cast. So every issue that I'm writing, I'm finding. Oh, I love in this continuity. Kaylee is captain now because Malcolm has gone off for a long time, to sort of as a recluse. So Kaylee took over Serenity as the captain, and Malcolm's back now. Huh. Um, in in the current continuity, I'm spoiling some of the like older older comic stuff, but uh, spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> but every issue, I'm like, ooh, I'm really enjoying writing Mal in this issue, and uh, you know, Kaylee's really fun in this issue, and Jane, it's it's um, yeah, J my two my two the characters that interest me the most are Simon and Jane because I think they're, they're kind of two sides of the same coin. Hmm. Simon is trying to navigate the universe as a very educated, but very um, uh, with limited experience in the verse. And Jane's trying to navigate the first, the verse with very little education, but with a lot of experience. So it, it's been, I, I just love those two characters because you can see that they, do, they don't get along, but then there's moments Mm -hmm. when maybe they maybe they do start seeing eye to eye a little bit so yeah Kristen Kristen loves firefly Kristen <laughs> so has excellent taste i've learned over the years yeah oh yeah well she's one of the few friends i've known who like was randomly quoting songs from the josie and the pussycats movie on facebook <laughs> yeah. a couple years ago i was like oh yes this is my friend who knows all these songs because i was there are probably only a handful of people who listen to that soundtrack over and over again, but I digress. Firefly. <laughs> Do you really? That's awesome. So, All right. So, David, we can't say congratulations I'll, enough. We have a question. Danae has a question. Oh, Danae. Yes. So how, um, like, as the writer, like, how hands-on do you get to be with the artists in, um, like, in a comic book? Uh, it just runs the spectrum. It depends on what the arrangement is. So like the working relationship, Drew and I, Drew Zucker is the artist on Canto and we co-created it together. So uh, we talk almost every day and he'll send me panels and he'll send me pages and he'll send me sketches and layouts and all these other things um, almost on a daily basis. Then, uh, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, is Rain, where I turned in the scripts and Chris, who's my, uh, Ryle, who's my editor on that, sort of takes those scripts and he works with the, um, with Zoe, 
to you know finalize the art on that. And I usually don't see the art until the very end. And then if I have any notes or anything uh, on the on the issue, you know, I can give those at that at that time. Uh, Firefly is is similar. I work through my editor, Killer Queens. I was on the art because it was sort of a creator owned book for me. Um, I was I was on the art every step of the way. Mm -hmm. nice. So it depends on type of book and relationship with your artist, I would say. Nice. Kristen Goss again. She's just doing a shout out too. No, I was going to, Katie, did you have something? I was just going to say congrats, David. I, I know we had you on the show when Canto was coming out and the theater that it Back when he was a no name. That's when, and now there's, you said 20, the 21st episode issue coming out. That's, I know. that's fantastic. That's, that's awesome. So thank you. Yeah. I was, I was thinking about that when we were all in the studio and I was yeah. with all the power Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I still follow all on, on social media. They're wonderful. <laughs> it's like, maybe we I'll be able to carry an episode. Maybe I'll be able to carry an episode on my own. It's someday, someday. someday. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what's so terrible about all this though is David would barely talk to us before he was a name. Now that he's got these books. Oh my being, God. I mean, you like, see what happened in San Diego. Dude. I know. Point. Yeah. I point, a, a point of example right here. He complete. We were walking down the street and there's David having dinner with some big wigs on the side of the road. I mean, at some restaurant, we say, David, David, David just kind of said, ignore them. They'll go away. <laughs> I mean, in my defense, you guys were coming from someplace that served alcoholic beverages, apparently. <laughs> oh, that's so Ohio good. State football game. We were coming with a football <laughs> vibe to a convention. No. For three hours, you were sitting around watching Ohio State and behaving yourselves i'm sure yeah of yeah, course totally. i am yeah. till noon Very david doesn't know you guys at all uh, let's, let's go ahead and shift down to um comic-con and david thank you for uh being willing to come on and talk comic-con with this comic-con special edition just happened over thanksgiving weekend and it was a special kind of comic-con um <laughs> to say the least so let's talk a little bit about david well, let me ask Luke first, and then I'm going to throw it back to David. Luke, what were your impressions of Comic-Con, special edition? Well, first of all, it's awesome after this long time without Comic-Con that they're like, hey, you know, we could wait another full two years with no Comic-Con, or we could do at least something for the fans. So it's really cool that they decided to kind of, especially so close to LA Comic-Con, I don't know if they, like, who planned who first, their convention first, but I think it was cool that they did something and they almost kind of went a little bit back to the grassroots of kind of what they're doing, where it was really kind of driven to like the comic fans and kind of where it was, it was a little less of the big studios and all that kind of a thing, but really gave people the chance to be there. It was a little difficult probably for people out of state to get there because it's an expensive time to travel during Thanksgiving. Oh, but yeah. as far as the California residents, it made it kind of, and especially it not being on Thanksgiving Day, but kind of after and going to the weekend, a lot of people are off for the holidays, so it gave people an opportunity to go. So it was cool that we were able to drive down and go, and uh, there's there's not as many panels that I would normally go see because I am more of a film person, but I did see some cool panels while I was there. Yeah. David, what was your impression? 
Okay, gather around. <laughs> Let me tell you a story. Candles. <laughs> so I was on the train and I saw dolphins. Real <laughs> dolphins, right? End of story. Yeah. End of story. That was dolphins. the highlight of his yeah. San Diego. And then he avoided well, some no, crazy people while he was having dinner. Yeah. I, I like to stay stay positive. So I'll I'll stay positive. Um I got into Hall H. Which is <laughs> yeah. spectacular. Guys, it was really it was David. It was it was honestly shocking to me. Um, I had been to New York Comic Con uh, this this year, oh, okay. and it was my first convention since uh, the pandemic started, and it was definitely only um, you know a fraction of what it normally is. Mm-hmm. But it was it was laid out well, and the floor felt like it was. It wasn't super busy and everybody was wearing their masks and everybody was good. And the floor felt like um, it was full of, of tables, of booths, of, of artists alley, all those things. It felt like it was it was a full convention. And I and I go to San Diego and my first impression is I've got to you gotta walk into Hall H, um, which is not a which is not a, a panel hall anymore. It's the place where you gotta go pick up your badge. And Hall H, when it's empty or mostly empty is easily probably two football fields long. It's yep. it's 600, it's uh, 200 yards, 600 feet at least from, from one end to the other. And it's just this vast cavernous area. So you have to walk to these very distant tables to get your badge. Yep. And then you got to walk from the, there back to the convention hall floor. And they had every hall from, I think, a to G was the convention hall floor. And, you know, I, I talk in the San Diego Comic-Con lingo because we've all been there so many times. We know what Hall H is. We know what Hall A is. We know the sales pavilion, all these things. And you'd walk around and there's tables that are empty and there are booths that were empty. Um, there wasn't as many comic books, believe it or not, as there was a lot of merch. Yeah, It was, it was a very merch-heavy convention. So I was walking around and I just, I, I felt like, I, I just, I hate to say it, but I felt like a sense of, of loss, like a sense of, it, I, I know what it's supposed to be. And this isn't even, you know, a, a sort of a fraction of what it, it should be. If they would have closed off more halls and put everybody, you know, it's kind of an antithesis of social distancing. But if they would have condensed it just a little bit more, we would have had less open space, fewer open tables and booze and things. And we would have felt a little more um, mm-hmm. like like full convention. So that yeah. was my experience. I saw folks I haven't seen in a long time. I got to talk to people. I went around and saw saw some creators at their tables. And that was really an uplifting and, and wonderful experience. And, uh, you know, just to make the trek down to San Diego was was, you know, a great adventure. So that's what I'll take away from it. Great adventure. I, my feedback is kind of the same. I I had a blast, an absolute blast. Uh, we got down there pretty late on Friday. You know, it just you know, Thanksgiving, cleaning up after Thanksgiving, um, hangover. Friday was the day we got down there pretty late. But I... And I was going to put a picture. I got a, c- a couple of photos to share. Um, the thing that um, I noticed immediately 
was that the gas lamp quarter, which is usually shoulder to shoulder people, was not. And the gas lamp corner, which usually is like 10, eight, I mean, 10 square blocks of the Comic-Con campus, it was almost like people there did not realize that Comic-Con was happening. And Luke, you and I were talking about that. We think it was, I, some people were like, Comic-Con's happening this weekend? Like they didn't even know that we were coming to town. And that was kind of a surprise to me. I thought that this Comic-Con was great. It was grassroots. I didn't have to shove anybody out of the way. There were still lines. There were still things we couldn't get into, like the, the special effects panel filled to the gills. Could not get into that thing. Um, there are certain panels that you could not get into, but there was no sleeping outside. There was no giant long lines. I don't even know if I remember, except for that one panel, I, very few lines at all. But that's the downside. The good side is like it actually, for me, was a very enjoyable Comic-Con because I did get to peruse a lot of comic books this time. And like you said, it was a very merch-heavy Comic-Con for me. I I just got to share. I got to share. Nobody's going to be surprised that I got another Godzilla. Oh, I love this. <laughs> this is Godzilla, King of the Monsters. This one, oh, I'm cool. going to go full screen real quick just so everybody can see this. Those of you who are just listening, I'm holding up my uh, – Brand new Godzilla, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. This one, he, he look, doesn't look a whole lot different than the other Godzillas I have, except for he's a bit greener in his, <laughs> and he's named something different. <laughs> in other words, I'm an easy target for anything that says Godzilla. Oh, we lost cheese. I think he's going to get something. What, David? He's been getting job related. Him. Yeah, I you, star, you star wiped him right out of the frame. <laughs> You're like expanding God. It's like. <laughs> but anyways, it was. Um, and then one of our favorite people down at Comic-Con, besides you, of course, David, except for you won't talk to us anymore. One of our favorite vendors is definitely um, <laughs> is definitely Tony Kim with Hero Within. And um, oh, yeah. what was cool to hear, I mean, kind of it kind of sucked, but I went there. I got there Friday night. I found Tony's booth, the Hero Within booth, um, right before they closed. And I was there to get, of course, their Godzilla jacket. Sold out. Completely sold out. Tony's booth sold out of just about everything this weekend. He says he did better this weekend than he does sometimes at some of, than he did in 2019. So hmm. that just shows you. there's the, Merchandise-wise, people were ready and willing to spend money. And speaking of Tony, I do have to show these little. Here's one of the little keep Comic-Con weird pins that Tony has. And then I, I'm sorry to keep badgering everybody with Godzilla, but here's the Japanese Goriya. Wait, Gor uh, Gojira? Gojira, yes. Yeah. So these were so cool. And um, there were some. Let me show you a couple of pictures real quick for those of you who are able to see what we're doing. Let me see. This is right. This right here, this photo right here is the group of us. There's Carrie right in the front. Carrie, if you're watching, hello. I'm so glad we got uh, to spend the weekend with you. Uh, that's me and all of us in our mass, of course, coming down the famous San Diego Convention Center elevators there. That's our, that's Carrie's friend behind her. I'm forgetting her name, Luke. Laurel. Laurel. Luke. And there's our friend uh, JT. And back there, 
is Charlie, and we don't know who the guy is up there ignoring us, but you know, whatever. It's Brent Spiner. But he wasn't with us. It might be Brent Spiner. <laughs> matters, but Speaking of which, the Brent Spiner, I didn't get to see that, but Luke, if you had to say what was the biggest surprise at Comic Con, the biggest, coolest thing, what do you think it was? Uh, I'll give you a hint. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that was for sure. I didn't know that. So John Cena showed up during what was it? The, the masquerade. The masquerade. John Cena shows up as the peacemaker, full costume, full cosplay, as comes out with like 10 to 20 other peacemaker cosplayers. And then afterwards, he goes outside because there was a peacemaker offsite. That was the thing that was also kind of surprising. They had a couple of offsites. We didn't think they would have any. There was well, they had two offsites. We didn't think they'd have any. There was the peacemaker, and then here's this one over there, Katie oh, in the Brooklyn Nine Nine NBC space. They had La Brea. Dun, Which, dun, dun. Is that a new mm. show? <laughs> like Ooh, no, it is. You, that doesn't speak well. To, no, no, it's just. When you say La Brea, I was thinking of the tar pits that are in. Well, that's what it's about. 100%. Yeah, yeah. The, the, there's a there's a hole that opens up on La Brea uh, next, near the tar pits. And half of a family falls inside and the other half is outside. And the one half of family turns, and it's like um, the the land that time forgot. And it's dinosaur. like a prehistoric dinosaur. Uh, what's the, what was the show from the, from the. So, like, Land of the Lost. That's what I'm trying to think of. Oh, I love yeah. Marty, Marty Croft. And so, right. of course, it's a lot of family drama and everything about one family being on the outside of it and the other family being in the Land of the Lost. Yep. Interesting. Hmm. Oh, cool. You know, you know. Fun side note: uh, John Cena, as the Peacemaker, did toss a few people into the hole in the La Brea offsite. <laughs> so, I'm uh, sorry, John Cena. You're great. You did not throw anybody. <laughs> but let me. And I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. Cheeseman, you had another first at this Comic-Con. What was it? you got to prepare me for these things. I have no... Luke. Oh, this, oh, is... this my first hey. panel. Yes! <laughs> Your name is on one of those card things. Placard. Yeah, you first catch time this, I got right? to in person, and probably the last time they'll ask me to be on their office. <laughs> The sheer but, uh, joy, the sheer joy in your face, Luke, in that picture is just. Well, look at it. Let's go back to it. <laughs> so Luke was on a panel. Panel. Luke, what was? Talk to us about your panel. It was a digital marketing panel. So us on the behalf of the con guy and the scare guy and all our little side things we're doing, we kind of were talking about how we online market and try to create kind of like a unified brand. Yeah, it was really. It was a good panel, though. Like. I and I'll just show you this picture. I was also on a panel on Sunday. It's the panel I'm usually on is the how to have a and and we should get David Boer as a guest on here since he made the transition. The name of the panel is how to have a full time creative career on a part time schedule. And now because you were doing that until you made the the switch over. Because one of the biggest questions that always comes out of that panel every single time is when do you know is the time you to make the switch? And you know the answer, David. I always thought it was when I could replace my um, day job income with yep. my writing income. Exactly. And that's turned out to be absolutely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh -oh. Honest to God. Honest to God. And at least for me, I mean, maybe that's, you know, other people are in different circumstances. But what I realized is 
I don't have the bandwidth to have my day job and make the kind of, uh, you know, matching income yeah. to transition out of it. So I realized you just got to find where you think there's a critical mass and you can mm -hmm. take that leap and it might take 12 months, it might take 24 months, but if the momentum is with, you know, the wind is at your back, you got to take that leap because you will only, I, I would only have been held back if I didn't leave my job on September 30th, I couldn't do half the things that I'm, I'm able to do now. So hundred percent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's not a one for one. It's a critical mass because you because you got to leave yourself some runway to be able to take off in a year from now or two years from now. Because I can tell you right now that myself and Derek and Katie and Danae, we are trying to head for that runway of full time creative career. And um, I think we shall get there. How, how's yours coming, Danae? Um, you know, honestly, David, that really spoke to me just now because with my day job, I'm kind of facing that impasse coming up of like, you know, I, cause I, I work part-time as a nanny and then other part-time and a lot of time when I should be sleeping, I'm a writer and I'm in that impasse right now where it's like, I could go full-time as a nanny, but it could stop. It just kind of depends on a lot of different factors right now. And I'm doing that thing where it's like, okay, maybe I should save up and just give it two months of just writing and just see what happens. So, you know, thanks for saying that. Cause I'm sitting here and I'm just like, oh, maybe that's the sign I've been looking for. We should all take a pack to quit our jobs and we'll just say David inspired us to do David, it. Oh my God. <laughs> when I start getting the bills, <laughs> the psychiatrist bills. <laughs> Oh, right. I quit your job. The it's comic just, book yeah. man told me to. <laughs> well, you know, it's also, you know, not to get too sort of ethereal about it, but I think sometimes you you sort of open up and, and you let the universe sort of take its course. And so my boss left uh, at, in June. So I was, that's when I had my crossroads. I right. could decide to go find another boss. I worked for a judge and I could go find another judge who, you know, would supervise me as a as a research attorney, or I could take the leap. And I decided, you know what, I'm not going to transition into any other legal job. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. And I gave like June, I think I gave like four months notice to September 30th. But also during that time, I got um, Killer Killer Queens came out. I got Firefly, the ongoing, and I'm still you know winding down my day job. So. I, I think, you know, some people think they might think this is nuts, but I think making that choice and sort of freeing myself up, these things came along to make the transition, you know, much less stressful than it would have been. Yeah. Awesome. We, need, we need to definitely have a, another show that is just about balancing the creative with, <laughs> with the, with the yeah. ability to put food on the table, you know, because those are, yeah. I, I just think this is such, such a, all of us are kind of in the same boat. It's it's cool, and I know Derek. You you have all these creative endeavors, and Derek, God bless him. He has become such a. For those of you who don't know, I can't. I don't want to get a lot of weight. He's a saint. He's raising some kids, and his time is so limited. And and but he is he finds time to do the show here, and I know that he's struggling to find time to to write it for you, Derek. What, how's that like? I mean, it's a little bit. It helps that I've done some writing projects with Danae. Um, yep, she's that way. Yeah. Um, but you know, she and I have written a couple of comedy pilots together and that's motivation too. 
And the fact that my little sister has um, published some stuff is kind of like, oh, okay, I, I need to finish this book. Um, yep. So thanks, Danae. But yeah, and some of it is just like where the opportunity comes, you squeeze it in. And also, living I'm like, your is she going to get her book? Yeah. Yes, she got her book. Yes, Hold up, Danae. Hold oh, it up. Oh, Do a plug yes. and then I'll finish. Full screen. Full screen. Okay, wait, wait. Let me. Sorry. And full screen. My computer's <laughs> moving really slow tonight. Danae's muted. Yeah, she's muted. Oh, Danae. And she froze. You're muted, Danae. Let me unmute you. Who can do a good Danae voice? Mute. Danae, unmute yourself. It's there you go. What a great bitch. <laughs> so this is Queen of Hell. It's a historical fiction. Um, that, was, that was totally me talking just now. But it's a retelling of the Greek myth of Persephone, but in 18th century America. The end. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. Where can people find it? Um, you can find it on Amazon. If you hop on my Instagram or my website, it's on there. My Instagram is down here in the corner. All right. All right. And I do want to, I'm going to give Katie a moment as well, because I know that Katie, you're doing the same thing of you working that full-time job, but also because you've got a lot going on on the side. Got Can I bounce off real quick before we go? No, Sorry, I wanted to like let Danae do her pitch, but um, going back to like David was uh, David was talking about Joe Hill earlier, and Joe Hill's dad is Stephen King, and um, oh. something I remember that always stuck out to me in Stephen King's on writing is one: sometimes you feel like somebody just needs to give you permission, um, so he's like, "You have permission, go write." Um, but another thing he says is like, "We have this idea of people doing creative work." you know, writers in particular, that you just got to hole off in some corner somewhere in some private room or some attic and like write and create this masterpiece. But in real life, you know, it's, you can't do that. You can't write like good dialogue if you're not having conversations and hearing people talk. And you can't, I think you can't be inspired to do creative stuff unless you're living life. And like, and I will say for me in particular, just having these children in the home, you know, being a foster parent, um, it opens my eyes to things going on and seeing real life situations and like things that I'm passionate about that I've got, Oh, I, I wonder if there's a way I can create a story around this thing to kind of like, you know, not share stuff that would be personal, but share like a story that helps express what I'm feeling for these children and for something that's going to honor them in some way. And so like living life, even when it's really hard to balance that with your creative work, it helps motivate and inspire your creativity too. Beautiful, beautiful. Please, please tell me you wrote you've you've written a half-hour comedy pilot about parents who find themselves with a lot of foster kids, and it's funny and heartfelt and comes from a very real place. Um, <laughs> not yet, <laughs> but that may be down the road. I, you know, for, for I, I mean, this is going to sound so crappy, but. Um, I, in in my experience with being with folks who work for studios and who buy TV shows and all those sorts of things, if you go into a room and you pitch that you have X number of foster kids that you've had, you know, and you've raised them, and here's my comedy pilot that's about that, <laughs> that you don't have to tell them any details about the show. I think you yeah. sell that right there in the room because yeah, it's such today. a genuine thing. Next it's such project. A genuine. Danae, yeah. You and oh, Danae. 100%. Do it. Do it. Now, look at it. Sorry now. And Katie, real quick. 
-hmm. And Katie, you as well, if you want to share for a second, then we, we are going to kind of have to pivot here. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say I'm not managing it very well um, <laughs> because I do work full time. I work 40 hours a week and then I get home and I just I, I find myself being lazy um, and I could be doing all these other things and I don't. But then I try, uh, you know, I try doing this hosting thing. I was writing articles for that hashtag show for a bit. I've written some articles for the Con Guys website. Um, for me, it's just doing social media for the con guy when I'm at conventions and stuff. But it's definitely something that, of course, I want to do. And it was something I didn't know I wanted to do until I started being involved with the con guy. I never really thought I would ever be doing stuff on air, nerding out on the internet uh, every week. So it was kind of one of those things where I took a chance and it carried me, took me down this road and I found myself doing stuff I never planned on. So, yep. and then, but you know, it, with the whole creative thing, you know, you kind of have to be creative to get that outlet in your, in your brain because not being creative can cause a whole nother can of worms like depression and stuff like that. So I'm trying to get back out of that, which I think 2020 kind of hit us all a little bit, like if we yeah. weren't able to be creative. So just trying to get back into that groove. And now that things are starting to open up again, being like, okay, you know what? How do I put more energy into doing this and less energy into my day job? And that's yeah. what I'm trying to balance right now. Uh, just being like, I care more about this than I do about this. And yeah, but you say 2020, 2020 and 2021. And David, yeah. I, I got to ask you one last question. So did you? is it surprising that this big change came for you during the big shutdown? I mean, or did that have anything to do with it? Um. May yeah maybe maybe okay. yes yes it did in a very specific way and I'll tell you uh, it was because I think when you can't go out and have drinks with people or go out to dinner or have lunch or goof off or do whatever go shopping and you work at a studio or you work at a publisher or you work at you know a network you you have the time to look at material. You have to you have the time to like talk. It cuts away all the nonsense that goes along with doing this. And you just yeah. get down to story and you get down to substance. And I, you know, fortunately Canto came in 2019. We built up, you know, some momentum there. And then 2020 happened and everything came down to story and creating and the creative part of the business. And that's where I think we were able to focus. Yep. That's why coming out of 2021 is where we, where I am now. Oh, that's fantastic. All right, guys, and I'm going to apologize, but I'm gonna kind of move us a little bit quicker here because I yeah. don't want us to go all night. And uh, we, we're, we're having drinks tonight, so I'm excited about that, but we have to get through this. And Luke did prepare like a photo gallery of some, some scenes from San Diego Comic-Con Special Edition. Luke, if you could go through those for us and just kind of Describe what we see, and then Katie, if you can be ready, we're going to talk about LA Comic Con right after that. Yeah, I'm going to go grab something real quick. Okay, great. All right, I'm going to power through these. So I'm just going to take you through my journey of Comic Con this year. So, um, came in the hall. They had this awesome like Iron Man. Uh, which, which one was this from? This was for, this was actually from the Avengers, wasn't it? The yeah, that's, that's the Hulk Buster suit, isn't it? Yeah, the the Hulk Iron Man. Somebody made out of cardboard, like a really cool one. 
So we kind of took a quick view of the floor kind of coming in Friday night. Unfortunately, we weren't there a lot for the earlier panels. And then there, we mentioned that we we're going to do kind of like there was a beer tour going on, like a Comic-Con bar crawl. So some of us uh, went along on the bar crawl. So here's Jim having the time of his life with some of our, our friends that were there. And then we, we closed it down at the Tipsy Pro and somehow went through 20-some drink tickets. Oh, yeah. They get, somehow. They get, no, what was funny was we're supposed to each get two drink tickets. And we showed up late. So the guy handed me a fistful of drink tickets. I'm like. Really? Because yeah, just see if you can use these. I'm like, okay, you don't know who you're talking to. See if you can use these. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. They so somehow some really guy. <laughs> some guy had a fistful of drink tickets. I don't know. They fell out of the sky. <laughs> picked them up off the floor. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure Jim was sharing though. Knowing Jim. Oh, I know. I did. I shared with everybody. Used them all for himself, but I'm sure he was like. Knowing Jim, he was getting drinks for all, everybody around him, too. I absolutely was. All right, Luke, what else, what else you got? Well, speaking of drinks, this is our uh, normal spot we meet with We David. were waiting for David! To the Hilton. Were. The Hilton Bar. <laughs> the Hilton Bar, one of the best places to go during I know Comic-Con. that bar. Yes, that's that. You stayed in that hotel. David, yes. That's the, I think we texted you this picture. We were waiting for you at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> that's the last photo I have of you guys in our text chain is that, <laughs> is that exact photo. I do like your name tag in that in that um, photo, Luke. Oh, yeah. On the Tony jacket. Hi. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, Luke, let, let's go ahead through these pretty quickly. So, yeah, you always see some cosplay there. Saw some good Jurassic Park with uh, oh. Ian Malcolm <laughs> and the Dilophosaurus. I love and- it. If you've been to Comic-Con, you always see Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock walking around <laughs> either in the convention or outside of the convention. Most of us have seen them. People bring their vehicles all decked out and stuff like Jurassic Park. So even just going in a parking lot, you can find like cool cars and different things. And it's almost a little convention of its own just in a parking lot. That's cool. Uh, we already showed, we saw the La Brea thing. Like there was, that was kind of the main pop-up right outside of the convention center. And one of the panels right before us, uh, Ben was here. He'd probably be geeking out. Was like a teenage mutant ninja turtle panel. Yeah. So, the, I think this was the guy who probably started the series. I assume. Here. It is not. Oh, it's not. <laughs> David, who is he? You probably know better than I. Do. I don't know who that is, but it's not Kevin Eastman. I don't think. Okay. But yeah, uh, they were on the panel before we were in the same room there on that Sunday. Oh, maybe it was Laird, the other uh, guy. And then we went to a really cool uh, Tiki panel that they had, and we actually ended up meeting up with some of the people after. And Jim, is wait, so wait, he got wait. a little cup. So wait, from his question, this is cool. So we had to line up, and the best question got this. This is the most amazing. Wait, it's oh one of the most God. amazing Tiki cups, Tiki mugs I've ever seen. It's beautiful, and I won. You know how I won? I, I had some friends in the room that had the biggest mouths and they could yell louder than anybody else. And we all had our masks on. I cheated a little bit. I stood there and I yelled into the microphone for myself. So it sounded really loud. And you know who I won this from? Should we say, Luke? Uh, I mean, the company or a friend who you beat? A friend. Yeah, you can say who you beat up. So do you guys know who Bill Marcelli is? He's the writer of Deja Vu. Yes. He was standing in line trying to win this cup, and he was so upset that I won this cup from him. But 
I don't know if you have any pictures, Luke, but we discovered that Bill Marcelli is a giant Tiki fan. So that night we drove to downtown San Diego, went to the, or somewhere, we went to the Grass Skirt Tiki Lounge nice. right there. And it was awesome. There's a picture of it there. Bill's there in the middle, right behind our friend J2, who's awkwardly placed in the photo front and center. <laughs> and there's Carrie. And this, we had so much fun that night. And it, this is the stuff of, I don't know what we're doing. So this is JP that people do in, in Comic Con teaching me meditation. Oh, gosh, <laughs> it's oh. games really made a good presence there. They had yeah, a big yeah, it's gonna and, be and that the way for a while. I can't see your face, Katie, but I think we're in the same boat. <laughs> I didn't watch it. I don't want to watch it. But what? Well, we're talking to about. Episodes. I didn't watch either. We're talking about Squid Game, you guys. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it took it took a bit of time, but Derek's. Der I wish Derek's wife Lara was here because she's a big fan and she's the. Yeah. She got me hooked. She's the one that yeah. talked well, to me. We were watching it together, um, and yeah, it's we 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 have mixed feelings about it. I think it's just you know it is heavy. It's hard to watch, but it's also really fascinating. And I, for one, am enjoying that we're getting so much content made with South Korea. Um, yeah. I've expressed opinions about how much stuff, some things being made in China before, and I'd much rather us work with Korean filmmakers. Cool. But not just because of that. Also, I studied Korean, and I'm like, oh, I can practice my language skills because I've forgotten so much. All right. And Luke, if you want to just hop, skip, hop, scotch. Just powering through. Yeah. Uh, so Hall H, of course, this was right outside. Got to enjoy it from the outside, but uh, got to stand out there with all the craziness. Again, here's me on from my your view name. on the mic. Supposedly the classic picture you always take on your first time on the panel is yeah. picture of your name tag by the microphone. And then there's Jim on his panel. Oh, that's cool. I'm creative work on a part-time schedule. They gave away a free, um, actually two free Adobe Cloud stuff to audience members that ask questions. So if you ever get a chance to go to Jim's panel, they give away free Adobe Suite, like a year, yep. year subscription. So there's a big line for that. And uh, Jim had, you know, some people talk to him at, at the end. He was kind of a big deal. Well, anyway. David. And then Not as big as David, of course. <laughs> and, of course, you got to end every Comic-Con with a nice In-N-Out burger on the way home. All right. But let me just say real quick, because then we, we do the zoom on to the next one. The thing that I loved about the panel that both Luke and I did, we did different panels. They were panels about the business side of stuff. You know, like we talk about fan panels, but we had packed panels of people wanting to come in and just talk career stuff. Talk about, you know, David, like they, they were a lot of aspiring comic book writers and letterers and, and illustrators in that room. And they were all networking together. I really need to take you to that panel next time. You would, you'd be, you'd be a, you'd be a I hit. love it. I but love anyways, it. I love I the way. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I said, it was, was all businessy. <laughs> <laughs> Go. <laughs> there was a really good panel that we saw. I don't have time to show the video clip, but Jim, can you tell about that show? That's about oh, to be coming out. That yeah, yeah. Maybe have a shirt. real quick. Look, look what I get. So this show, can you see it? Yeah. And whatever. It's it's destination fear. <laughs> destination fear. It's three best friends and one of them sister. They tra it's another ghost hunting show, but they they travel around, they dare each other, and the, what's cool is um 
they they all sleep in different rooms of wherever they're at. And they have to, they're sleeping by themselves with cameras on them all night. And we saw an episode where this guy, one of the four people, had an absolute freak out. I don't because I am used to being freaked out, scare Jim. I am okay. I love it when somebody else is freaking out. But no, these the thing that was cool, Carrie, who um maybe Carrie can share the link. Um, we'll have to, she interviewed them and she she said they were just the coolest people. They were some of the coolest folks there at the convention. And it was a, that was in one of the biggest rooms there. I don't know how many people in there, probably about a thousand, and it was packed. It was packed. That was that was exciting to see that. It's on Travel Channel or Disney or, um, or Discovery Plus. It's one of the two. But they and we all got cool. We got swag. Look at we got free shirts and stuff. Cool. All right, we do have this. Is that it? You, you guys say, need to stop talking. You yeah. just need to stop talking. <laughs> all right, cool. So Katie, I cannot kick you from here. So you all need to shut up. I love so you. So Katie and David, let's talk about LA Comic Con, the other giant convention, which happened just five days later. So what were your impressions of Comic Con? And I apologize, we can't go quite as long on this one. Um, okay, so I went Saturday and Sunday. I could not go Friday because of work, but uh, we checked in and the whole process was a little confusing outside trying to figure out where you check in for press. Uh, we did not know where to check in. So it was a little bit hectic on that front. But then when we got there, they gave us press passes. And while we were walking away, they call us back and they're like, wait, we gave you the wrong badges and you guys have VIP press passes. And I mean, that's cool. I don't get to be a VIP very often. So I was like, all right. And I was like, I'm gonna commit fully to this being a press for the con guy so that we can keep up these relationships with these cons so that they can keep letting us come and promote their event. Um, I was happy as a clam. I don't understand why that phrase is <laughs> the phrase it is, but it is um, to be back at a convention. Um, didn't realize how much I missed it. So it was really nice to be back. Uh, we've spent most of the day walking the floor. I only went to two, three panels in the whole event. Um, but we walked the floor, which they had the whole floor this year, which normally it's just half because there's usually another event going on at the same time. But yeah. this year they had the entire floor, A, for distancing. I mean, you had room to walk in between the rows of the, of the floor, which never happens in San Diego Comic-Con. So, and we went, we saw David at his little booth that he had set up. Uh, I was just walking by and then I was like, did like the whole walking forward and then being like, back it on up, back what? it on up. Uh, but yeah, I went to Artist Alley and always what I recommend people doing, going to Artist Alley, going to the comic book alley, meeting artists, meeting, seeing art for people who literally lost their livelihood during the pandemic more than ever. So we did this thing and Emily and I, we, we look at the art, we gather business cards so that we can come back and after we've seen everything and decide what we're going to do. But there was so much good art this year that Emily and I were like, where are we, how are we going to pick which pieces we can get? We don't have a lot of money. So I did a raffle. I grabbed cards from all the artists that we liked and I wrote down what piece it was that attracted me to me to that artist. And I drew one at random on Sunday and bought art from that person. Uh, and it's something I think I'm going to keep doing because oh I my really. God. I love that. That's brilliant. I yeah, love I that just... idea. I, I wish that we could spread that around that everybody who goes to a con, you just collect these cards. And then yeah. at the end, you pick one and you commit to buying a piece from somebody. Yeah. That's cool. I thought of it on a whim. I'm like, 
Emily, what if we just do a raffle to decide who we're going to get art from? And she's like, I love that. So I'm definitely going to try to do a thing. It's fun because I, I know we'd, we'd collect the cards of the people who we liked. And then that's how we did it. Uh, we just wrote on the card, like what one it was. And then on the last day, just did it. And it was really fun. It took a lot of pressure off of me too, because I it's hard to choose art at the cons. It's hard, especially if you're a big nerd and you have all these different fandoms you like. So I was like, this calmed it down. It made it so much easier. And I tagged all of the artists on Instagram the day before. It was like, you all are entered in my raffle check back in tomorrow and I'll draw the drawing. And then when I got to the booth, she's like, I saw your Instagram and I was wondering if I was going to see you again. And so she was really excited about it too. So I, I definitely got thought that was a good experience. Uh, as far as swag goes, I didn't buy much. But what I did buy, I spent uh, $300 at a booth. Now two of them were Christmas presents. Uh, but I bought a sword. Wait, wait, let me <gasps> Oh, let's see it. Let's see it. Pull it out. Hold on. Yeah. Whoa. So this is a steel replica sword from Demon Slayer. Nice. Uh, it is Inosuke's sword. Uh, they were supposed to be $125 each. If you bought two, they were $200. And since we bought three, he gave us $300 for all of them. Unfortunately, wow. I got home. It was broken. I couldn't unsheath it. But thankfully, I was able to message the person through the receipt system and be like, hey, this is broken. Can I exchange it? She got back to me at 10 o'clock at night, was like, yeah, call me. I arranged with her. She was like, if they won't let you bring it in the convention center, I will meet you outside with a new one. So hmm. great system. She was like, if you ever have anyone else you need to buy for, hit me up. So just a good vibe. So lots of yeah. friends. Um, as one little nitpicky, one negative, I would say, um, I was so happy to be there, and I do. I want to keep. I want to see cons continue. Um, most most people were abiding by the rules uh, for the most part, at least the attendees. Uh, there were a lot of vendors not abiding by the rules, like masks and stuff. And oh. so for me, I was just like, hey, despite what you might think, despite your your opinions on these things i want to keep going to cons i don't want them to get shut down because people can't follow the rules so that's just my one thing that kind of bummed me out is i was literally walking through the floor and like some vendors if they didn't have a mask on i didn't go talk to them just because that I was surprises like, me because san diego was which is and the thing a is west brick city they were pretty tight on that rule i think yeah and so for me like they made announcements on Sunday morning saying like, please do this, make sure you spread it to your team. You need to wear masks. We have people here that could shut us down. And yeah. then I'm like, they're gonna get shut down. And I was mm -hmm. so worried that they were gonna get shut down. So hopefully, thankfully it wasn't the case, but I just wanna make a little PSA. Like, please, mm -hmm. I know you may have thoughts, but we all want to do these things. If we wanna keep doing yeah. them, let's just work together and follow the rules, things like that. But you know, they have food trucks at LA Comic-Con, things they don't have at LA, at, at WonderCon or, uh, San Diego Comic Con. There's food right. trucks. There's all sorts of places to eat, all sorts of places to go. Everything was spread out. So I liked it. Um, I love having the main stage in the hall. It's so easy. Yeah. You can just go there. There's seating mm -hmm. if you want to eat, which is another thing San Diego Comic Con still doesn't have. There's a place to sit if you buy food in the convention center. Because Get out of town. San Diego Comic Con, they don't let you sit anywhere. I know. Anywhere. Well, they, they did this time, actually. They're in the back of the hall, kind of on the floor area. There was a big kind of seating area where oh, there was nice. one time before my panel where I got some food real quick and 
that's uh, awesome I was because able to sit down. So they did. Yeah. Do that. Yeah, they had a lot of photo ops for people that are cosplaying. They had a live cosplay cam. So lots of cool things. Definitely focused on a lot of different types of fandoms, a lot of different yeah. content. Things Can like I ask that. you this, Katie, real quick? Because yeah. that hashtag show, who were, you know, were on their channel, they were the, the media sponsors, the media yeah. partners for the event. Was it cool to see? And I know Ben got a chance to do quite a yeah. few interviews. Did you see some interviews going on there? Because uh, I, I do have to say that, yes, you did, because Katie was the superstar on social media over the weekend. She did such an awesome job doing live live streams and, and posting everything. Thank you so much, Katie. You really kept yeah. this. That was really cool. Yeah, I saw Ben out there uh, doing some interviews on the floor with with fans and everything, asking people. He asked me like who my favorite Spider-Man was uh, on the movies and stuff. So it was fun to see Ben out there in his element. Uh, and they had their big, huge that hashtag show like little area where I saw them mm -hmm. doing interviews and stuff. Uh, and it was just it. It seemed like it was pretty awesome. I mean, people seemed to be pretty happy to be there and and just vibing. Yep. And they had some really good panels at LA Comic Con. Um, I went to the Ming Now Wen and John Carlo Esposito. I think that's his name. I never say yep. it right. Uh, they it. had a. We saw their panel and we saw Demon Slayer panel and we saw the My Hero Academia panel. So uh, it was some pretty good. Oh, and Zachary Levi. How can I forget Zachary Levi? Yes, you did. <laughs> All right. Well, Obviously, I went to Zachary Levi. But they had a VIP lounge right next to the main stage that thankfully I was able to go to. And I just sat down and watched the panels from there. And it was just delightful because nice. I didn't have to stand up. I had a seat. There were charging stations because I had an emergency. I had to charge the phone from all the live streaming. So uh, I do think that LA Comic Con has gotten better. So that's all I have to say. Awesome. And David, kind of briefly for you, how how was LA Comic Con for you? I mean, you, you were a vendor there. So like. Yeah. Oh, so I, I freaking killed it, you guys. Um, <laughs> So, so uh, yeah, I was invited to have a table. There's this, there was a portion of Artist Alley called uh, the Creators Court, which was sponsored by Collectors Paradise and Comic Bug, which are two uh, comic shops that are in Southern California. Mm -hmm. And so they they invited a bunch of different creators just to have tables, and I was able to table all weekend, and it was steady all weekend. It was easy. It was by far the best financially um, uh, lucrative weekend that I've ever had at a convention with the table nice. or anything. And also the vibe on the floor mm -hmm. is everything that I felt was missing from San Diego. There was there weren't really empty spots. There were not empty tables or booths. They were laid out in a way that it made you feel like you, you know, was full and there was a communal experience going on while being safe about it. Mm -hmm. um, Katie, I did notice what you noticed, which is you know the 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 masking was really good with the attendees not so good with the vendors yeah. the one thing that i would say for la comic-con if you're listening out there both new york and san diego did wristbands after they checked your vaccine or your test results or whatever they mm -hmm. need to get in so you can walk around on the floor especially in new york and everybody has a wristband and you just feel comfortable you have your yeah. mask on everybody masks feel comfortable la didn't do that so i don't know you know what they were doing at the door or anything like that wristbands would be just such a great peace of mind but beyond that it was it was everything that i'd hoped maybe san diego would have been but i just got five days later interesting i, I wonder if it's because like so much of the san diego crowd is the la home crowd and maybe they just decided to stay home this time 
You know, maybe yeah. why make the extra expense during Thanksgiving weekend and take your booth and take your wares down to San Diego when you can hit a Comic-Con up here in L.A., which, quite frankly, the star the star wattage that was so big at L.A. Comic-Con this year compared to San Diego. It really yeah. did outdo it. I also I think the convention center in San Diego is probably twice as big yeah. as as L.A. So I think the convention was about the same size. Yeah. But the, the the feng shui, the feng shui of it was just yeah. so much better, so much better. Mm -hmm. All right, so have, we go ahead, Katie. I have one more thing I did want to say yeah. real quick, though, because it kind of echoes off of what we were saying earlier about full time, like wanting to be in a creative field. Uh, it's the one con for me, con of the con, and it's just a personal thing. I did actually have a little bit of a breakdown. Uh, while watching the last panel of the day because it was such an overload of I'm back at a con. I'm so happy. I'm surrounded by my people. Oh, but I want to be doing this with every every day of my life. And so it kind of like mm -hmm. kicked in, like, you know, that passion and excitement kicked in. And then it was the thought of I can't, I'm not doing this yet and I want to be doing this, if that makes sense. So that was the one downside is it, it gave me drive, but also made me sad at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I think I it just, I'll, yeah. I want to just add, Katie, that there is light at the end of the tunnel because for years and years and years, I would go to San Diego Comic Con and on Sunday, I would just sort of be heartbroken when I would go out in the gas lamp and you see all the normies <laughs> starting to trickle in to go to their fancy pool parties and just like, you're not my people. What are you doing in the gas lamp, gas lamp <laughs> district right now, right? You, yeah. you'll get there you'll get there and then you don't have to have the doldrums of monday morning because yeah. monday morning you're doing creative stuff it's <laughs> yeah. awesome so. all right so we just talked about two of the biggest events in-person events that have happened on the west coast this year we didn't we we didn't really have a chance to do emerald city david you didn't go to emerald city right no, it's the same. It was the same weekend as same LA. weekend as LA Comic Con. I know that Tony he split his time and he had crews at both. And I he did. For, yeah. yes, and from what I understand, he had the same results where people were just so eager to buy stuff they haven't seen in so long. So if we had to, and we do have to kind of wrap this this up so we can do our Christmas list. But looking forward, and Derek and Danae, you guys can jump in here as well. I know you guys weren't able to to attend the cons, but from what you've heard and from what we've seen, guys. Do we feel as if the cons fan events are well positioned for 2022 or what are we, what do you think we're looking at? David, I'd love to know what you think about that. I mean, I think, I think it's going to be a slower ramp up to San Diego in July. And I think they're going to continue to do, we might lose masks maybe depending on how things go, but mm -hmm. continue with the vaccines and those wristbands. And I really feel like, it's going to be just maybe 90 per 80, 80 to 90% of what it was in 2019. And mm -hmm. then in 2023, I think we'll be at a hundred percent again. Katie. Given the, the turnout at LA comic-con, I definitely think people are, are ready to come back. Um, I think that there just needs to be the hardest thing I think is just from the organization standpoint, um, like like David was saying, with the wristbands and the checking vaccines, I think it's just going to have to require a little bit more effort to get us back so that hopefully in 2023 we can. Because I think 2022 is still a little bit of a wash just because of all the, all of the, um, I can't think of it right now, the variants. 
Thank you. <laughs> Variants of the of it coming out. So um, I think it's just going to take a lot of teamwork and a lot of planning. But I'm more optimistic than I was before I went to LA Comic Con for sure. Mm -hmm. And samplings, I would like from what you guys have heard. Do you have any opinions on this, or what you've been reading? I mean. It's so hard to say because we're not medical experts here and we've never organized. And our mom is. Large. But our mom is. I think that. Um, is she really? You know, when, she's an immunologist. She's she's a retired epidemiologist. Epidemiologist. Yeah. yeah. So when we had. <laughs> but you know, I read when, Facebook. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> right down in the pits. We're in the pits now. Okay. <laughs> sorry, Danae. <laughs> no, it's okay. I was just going to say, um, you know, the medical medical things keep happening and we keep adapting as a society. I mean, we have flu shots every year because of the flu pant, the, the Spanish influenza in the early 1900s. Um, it used to be that doctors wouldn't wear gloves, but because of the AIDS pandemic, that's a regular thing now. It's just about finding that balance between, um, you know, normal life and being safe. But at the same time, um, yes, there will all, I think there will always be some sort of different mandate in place. And yes, we want to be safe. But at the same time, please just do not let fear dictate your life either. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, some of like, I see some things that are like, you know, you have to be vaccinated, wear a mask and show a negative COVID test. And I'm like, okay, that's, that feels like a lot for the scenario when we're all going to be outside and socially distanced. So I think it's going to be just, um, separating yourself from fear, but still having the right mindset, being smart. So a part of me is like, are we ever going to have the same kind of Comic-Con that we had in like 2018, 2019? Or is it always going to be a little different? You know, only the Lord knows. We'll see what happens. But I am hopeful. <laughs> and uh, we do have to wrap up a Derek. Any closing thoughts for yeah, you? No, I'm with Danae on a lot of that. It's really, it's just so hard to predict because yeah. things keep changing. I do think like, as with any other disease over in over the course of history you know things um people talk about how it gets more like new variants become more contagious and less dangerous and that seems to be some of what we're seeing like the way people are talking about omicron like it's uh, it's much less dangerous than what we ha have seen with um the original delta. even with delta um we're reaching yes, alligator loki at this point <laughs> right. Like, I'm, I'm optimistic about that. I'm optimistic about the direction we can go just like as far as safety is concerned. The fact that we have widely available vaccines and everything. I mean, based on that, it would seem like, oh, we've got a good chance of getting back to something close to normal again. But I also see the way people are. And I'm not sure that it's going like we're going to get over like just like people are living in fear. Some people, some people who like granted not saying things aren't real. Yes. For some people, there's a very serious risk still. Um, yep. yep. But for everyone that there is a serious risk for, there are vaccines available and boosters for the vaccines and um, more and more. Booster today. Yeah. There's, there's and more I'm not more sick yet. Available to help us out, <laughs> but there are people who are, you know, in their early twenties who are, you know, perfectly healthy and are living yeah. in abject fear and, you know, um, and because of that kind of just socially, I don't think we're necessarily at the same place, even if medically things get safer, I think socially it's going to take even longer. I also I think, think we've got a lot of people and a lot of governments who are enjoying having a lot of control over. Our all, right, all right. All right. All um, right. We're not going to go down a that bitter, hole. bitter old man about this. We're not going down that hole. We're not going no, no, to, no, I'm not going to get into like a lot of political stuff, but I think because <laughs> of like just what we're seeing in our nation, 
different yeah. conventions happening in different states and different locations are going to be rolling out differently. Too. Yeah. Um, but I do think that everything is, is kind of different across the nation and we're seeing yeah. different things changing. At, true. True. In different places. So, I, was I was surprised to see a New York comic con. Honestly, I was surprised yeah. that actually happened. Mm -hmm. Um, that one surprised me. The San Diego one, not so much. Florida one, not so much. But the New York one surprised me. They had a New York Comic Con, um, and and David, you said it felt a little bit. It felt that's, that's the safest that yeah. I felt of all all three Comic Cons because they they did the sense of Danae, what you're saying. They did the sensible things to ensure everybody was, you know, safe and there wasn't there wasn't any sort of problem. So. I, you know, I felt that I was I was most fearful about going into a large crowd because that was really my my first foray after 18 months. Yeah. And I, 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 I felt that peace of mind, Derek, that you're talking that you're talking about um, <laughs> that that <laughs> that sort of that sort of uh, peace that you feel being able to be around people again without yeah. having a lot of fear over it. But I will just say that the next variant, Derek, the next variant is people. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Luke, did you have any thoughts before we jump into the next section? No, I just think it'll vary by state as far as like yeah. how much of a crowd there will be. I mean, I think they're all kind of returning in their way. Some of the smaller ones may not return. We'll just have to see because, you know, it did take a financial hit on them. But yeah, I think depending on the state, you know, there might be bigger crowds at different states and stuff. But even like we went to one in Vegas, had a decent crowd for being like a smaller like horror kind of convention thing. So I think it all just depend on what region you're in and what how people feel or right. what infection rate is there. And, and to Katie and and David's point, I do have to say that I I think there's going to be different levels of comfort and there's going to be boneheads in every convention. But I know for me, I got my backs. I'm going to wear my mask. I'll have that bracelet showing it. And I think, I, I although there were, none of us are doctors and we can't give out medical advice, I just want to make sure we have that out there. Derek yes. and today, I love talking to your mom because this was her area of study. I loved it talking to her because I sounded like I learned things when I was sitting at the feet of your mom. That was so great. But that being said, everybody take the precautions to stay safe because like Katie said, we want these to continue. My prediction, WonderCon will come back and it'll be like, uh, special edition. It's going to be there. Are, there's no RFID badges, which is uh, that makes it so they, they can control entrances and exits better. You're going to have to show either a um, vac a vaccination status or a, a negative test. And they had people set up right there at the the doors. You could have got your test before you walked in. So same, I think at, same at LA Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. Same. I think WonderCon will be more restrictive. I do think that next year summer. Um, San Diego Comic-Con is going to be close to open. Not, I think we'll still have to have the um, vaccines, but I think it's yeah. going to be close to open. The masks, I think it's going to be a hybrid model. Anyways, David, thank you so much for coming on the show today, talking with us about this. This is how we're going to close the show. We're going to go around. Everybody, what is your nerdy Christmas wish list? And tell us something that you think you would be interested in nerding out, getting interested in for next year, 2022. We're going to start with Danae. Oh, I have the best answer. I took notes. I wrote them down. Um, first of all, nerdy Christmas wish list. I'm going to go quick because we're running slow on. Um, there are rumors that Jodie Whittaker is leaving Doctor Who. 
Um, I just, I want a good doctor and a good writer to come, to come to the show. I, um, I think that we've talked about this before and you can scroll back and find old podcasts. I think where the show has really fallen is in the writing. So I would mm-hmm. like good writers. And if Jody Whittaker does leave, I would love to see an amazing doctor come back. Um, that's my Christmas wish list. But as for new year, 2022, what am I most excited for? Um, there is a book by British author, Sarah Perry. It is called the Essex Serpent. I'm about to get very dorky. And it's becoming <laughs> an Apple Plus TV show starring Claire Danes and Tom Hiddleston. And you guys know I have the biggest crush in the world on Claire Danes. Yep. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to be watching it. I know with Apple TV, you can't binge, but I'm excited. <laughs> I want to read the book over New Year's and jump right into this show. And I can't wait. 2022. Let's Let's go. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's let the other sampling kind of take over from here. Yeah. So my, um, I don't have a big, long, nerdy wish list, but I did send Jim a link earlier. Like one <laughs> gift that I think is oh, very I, I got cool. it right here. Got it right here. Oh yeah. Bring it up. Bring it up. Um, everyone knows <laughs> I'm a Lego fan. This is the Home Alone house. Lego <laughs> nice. It is $250, oh, but, and it's, currently sold out on the Lego website. You might be able oh, to find wow. some places, but it's got all these cool things in there for all the booby traps. You can do the sled down the stairs. It's got the zip line going out to the treehouse. Um, <laughs> it is just so cool. If you are a fan of Lego and if you were a kid um, in the late 80s, early 90s, um, so cool. when movies were out and it's, yeah. So of, of course I've got, you know, Lego Hogwarts over this shoulder and Lego or thank over this shoulder, which Treebeard is helping to decorate for Christmas. Um, so yes, that's one thing I'm very excited about. Um, and stuff that I'm looking forward to geeking out about. I um let's see, this year I finally, you know, was completing a little more of my nerdiness and learned how to code. And I am gonna try and learn some more because there's a fellowship for Unreal Game Engine. I wanna get into learning a little more of some of the software stuff that I haven't learned yet, because you know, this is the future, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. My wife works in virtual production, so I think I need to learn a little bit about game engines. Yep. Mr. Movie Star Writer, Mr. David Boer, what about oh, you? Steve oh, Boo. Oh, sorry. Um, David. So my nerdy Christmas gift, I, I, I'm fingers fingers crossed that, that um, it appears under the tree. I've been reading um, Sandman. And I got the soft cover trades in a huge stack from a thrift store for like $5 a piece. And I've just been loving going through them because I'd never read them before. I'm up to volume five or something. So I asked for the two beautiful, the huge two volume, uh, like hardcover omnibus Mm. Sandman collected. So I can put it here on my shelf somewhere. And what am am I looking forward to geeking out over next year? There is a movie coming out in February called The Black Phone. And it is a horror movie that is by uh, Scott Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill, who are the uh, masterminds behind Doctor Strange and Sinister. Uh, And it's based on uh, my runner up to my favorite Joe Hill story of rain is is his story called the black phone which this movie is based on and i have the uh, copy of the uh, collection right here behind me it was signed by Joe Hill in 2008 mm-hmm. which was what 13 years ago before i knew any of this was going to happen 
Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to, February. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> Miss Katie, what about yourself? Um, my wish list for 2022 would just be that I can find a way to balance and more prioritize my creative wantings in life. Uh, that's why my, one of my goals is, I guess, is you want to call them resolutions, but I don't like calling them resolutions. I like calling them goals because you can't break goals. <laughs> so, you know, uh, and then as far as like fandoms, things like that, uh, it comes out this year, but the Witcher season two and just continuing to explore the Witcher franchise. Cause obviously I love everything, the Witcher, uh, and into the spider verse or across the multiverse part one. Uh, I am stoked about that. Um, I'm excited to see where Sony takes this animated world of Spider-Man uh, after this week. So yeah, that's my thing. That's awesome. Mr. Cheeseman, sometimes on the couch. I'm on a chair right now. <laughs> uh, so my Christmas wish, which I should be getting, I did tell my mom Ooh. I want oh. it. So I collect Hallmark ornaments. You saw the tree behind me. And they came out with a bat cave from the Adam West 1966 Batman, where basically it's, you know, the phone lights up and then they go down the fire poles and they come out Batman and Robin on the other side and the bat caves flashing lights and all that makes sound and everything. This is a more expensive one. It's around like $60. And now it's on eBay for like 120. It's already like doubled in price and they're sold out in stores and online. But I did tell my mom about it early, so I am hoping that she did get it. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure I did. I, I saw there was some Hallmark stuff when I was home recently. So I think I think I got it. I just wish I would have got more because then I could have like sold one or had a collectible to gain value on it because I don't want to sell it because I like this one too much. But uh, anyways, uh, what I'm looking forward to probably most for next year, kind of similar to Katie, is just the whole multiverse just opening up and and Marvel and even, you know, with DC, just what they're going to be doing with all the characters and different things. So especially with like the Doctor Strange coming out and then with like the DC type stuff with like Batman and all that with the uh, Flash, you know, that'll be cool. And even the new Batman movie coming out with um, Robert Pattinson to see what that will be like. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, my wish list, I, I, I don't... Godzilla. It's I I I'd be I do to tell you I have been looking on the wall behind me. I do want a big Godzilla wall hanging right here, and I've been looking at them. And there was some cool. There was the, the cool one with the Japanese art. You know the Japanese um painting of the wave, the very stylistic wave with Godzilla standing there. Tony has it on his jacket, so I'm looking for something along those lines. So I also um. <laughs> Kristen Gust says that she wants she wants the Friends TV show Lego set that which is also pretty oh, so cool. you can't see it very well but I have Central Perk is there on the yes. shelf behind me yes. oh yeah that's very cool but um and so I, I just want I want everybody to please be nice to each other as we get to the end of the year here because like Katie and, and Dave and everybody's saying everybody thinks they know better or everybody thinks they know better this way or whatever way you are but let's just done. I'm out. Just don't be nasty to each other. Me and Luke were in a restaurant recently, <laughs> and and here's what it's kind of a a mean story, but it ended up being nice. Like there were different people in different parts of the restaurant adhering to different masking rules. 
and it was a you know in LA you must be vaxxed and all this other stuff. And me and Luke were just noticing like this is just silly what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And we got this this the, this couple next to us just laid into us and thought we were being like smart Alex and we're like what are you yelling at us for? And they're just yelling, get out of here. We don't want your kind here. I'm like, what are you talking here? But the, but we kind of de-escalated. Ohio State fans? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what they meant. <laughs> we de-escalated the argument. It was just misunderstanding. She thought she overheard something. And then she ended up buying our, our all of our stuff because our, our meal for the night. And it was so nice to, we finally came to the realization, let's just be nice. Let's just, people are on edge. We've been shut up. I mean, shut up, shut in for two years. Some of us have been shut up. And yeah, just be nice to everybody. But if I were to talk about what I'm looking forward to in the new year, I grew up with comic books, um, comic book um, prescriptions, subscriptions all the time. I used to mow my aunt's lawn once a month to get enough money to buy my my subscriptions. We've I, never heard that one. Just I know I haven't done that as an adult. I haven't. So what I want to do is go. So I went into the comic book shop today after I got my cap on my tooth. That's another story, and I was looking for David's um, Firefly book. I couldn't find it, David. I don't think it's there yet, right? Um, the one shot's there, but the, the new one's coming in February. So I appreciate your earnestness. Uh, but anyways, I did find some other comic books. And I episode um, number three and four of The Trial of Magneto going on right now. And this one, oh, there's The Trial of Magneto. But I did get one comic book that just made me realize, you know what? There are more important things in life, but I do want to start supporting these artists. I got this one. It's called Titans United. When I was a kid, one of my very first comic books that I had a, a subscription to was the the Teen Titans, and I had a I grew up loving it because of the great artist George Perez, and um, he he was just so great, and he he drew so many different. And I used to mimic his drawing the way he drew rocks and the way he drew clouds and stuff. Um, just a few weeks ago, George announced that he is in stage three cancer and probably has less than a year to live. Let's just make sure, support comic books, support David's comic books, support them. Um, and I, I just would hate, when you hear about some one of your idols when growing up, it just makes you stop and say, you know, there are important things in life. And just being nice to people, being good to people, being loving to people. And... That's about all I have to say on that. George, we're there with you. Thoughts, prayers. Hope you can pull through, man. You've been a, you've been a great one. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us this week on our holiday edition of the Con Guys Show. You can find me at on Instagram at James D Fry. Danae, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at D N A Y S. My name kind of spelled phonetically. Okay. The other half, the Samblings, Derek. You can find me on Twitter at ConGuyDerek, although I'm more often complaining about Twitter than I am actually using it. How's <laughs> <laughs> it should be? April. He's getting old. Mr. David Boer, where can people find you and what you're working on? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at David Boer. You can find me on Instagram at David M. Boer and look for rain in January and Firefly in February and then beyond. For those of you who are just listening, Boer is spelled B-O-O-H-E-R. All right. Katie. Yeah. You can find him below Josh Sweden credits, too. 
<laughs> Just go to comic book shop. Katie. Uh, I'm Katie, aka KT underscore Christine on all social media, including Twitch. I have been terrible at Twitch streaming lately, but I will hopefully try to get back into it uh, soon. So if you guys like to follow people and watch them rage while playing video games, <laughs> come follow me on Twitch. Uh, and over at the Con Girls with this beautiful lady up there and my roommate, uh, posting all things nerdy from a female perspective. So make sure you follow that as well. And Luke, if you can take us out. Yeah, you can find me on theconguy.com and on the conguy Instagram, the conguy, and also at Cheese on Couch. And I will say, buy from your vendors. Have a good Christmas. I went a little crazy at Comic Con, got lots of Back to the Future <laughs> stuff. Buy your Hero Within jackets. I got the last extra large. They do a lot of stuff. Katie has her bomber jackets as well. Yes. They make good stuff, Hero Within, but. Support your nerdy businesses and have a Merry Christmas. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to The Con Guy Show, the official program of theconguy.com. Find us on the Weeby Geeks Collective or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And now on sci-fi.radio, Saturdays at 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific, both a.m. and p.m. That's 9 o'clock Greenwich. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.